such thing as a fish, a weekly podcast coming to you from the Up the Creek Comedy Club in Greenwich. My name is Dan Shriver. I'm sitting here next to Anna Chizinski, Andy Murray, and James Harkin. Once again, we have sat around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days, and in no particular order, here we go. Okay, time for fact number one, and that's my fact. My fact this week is that even though we're not sure it exists, the new planet, planet number nine, is the most planety planet of all the planets. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a major discovery that we found. Yeah, uh, a new or, planet. Or didn't find. Or didn't find. Either way, it's big news. Yeah, we yeah. think it exists because of computer modelling. Uh, they've modelled the the uh, solar system. They think this thing exists. Uh, it's absolutely massive. And one thing that uh, is very important with planets is that it clears out the area of its orbit. So there aren't other things going around with it. And they think, according to their calculations, this planet has done that more than any other planet. And that's what makes it the most planety planet of all the planets. Wow. According to the guy who discovered it, uh, or one of the two guys who discovered it, Dr. Brown. Ah. Right. So a planety planet is a planet that no other things want to be close to, really, right? <laughs> well, yeah, if, if that's the it's... case, then I am a planety planet. <laughs> Um, I read a description of it that it was a f- almost certain to be a fifth member of the Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune quartet. So it's like the fifth beetle, but it's like the fifth beetle was cast into deep space. Um, yeah. The really cool thing about the new planet is, uh, you may have seen this in the news, it, the man who discovered it, one of the two guys who wrote the paper on it, is the same man who killed Pluto. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So it's Mike like a, Brown, that Mike is. Brown. Yeah. It's like a grudge match. Um, <laughs> it's so exciting. His and Twitter account is at Pluto Killer. Yeah. Isn't it? No. Yeah. Is it actually? Yeah. yeah. And he says he still gets um he, he, <laughs> he gets abuse from he gets letters and obscene phone calls from people who miss Pluto. <laughs> He said, uh, this is, uh, these are his exact words. He said, I got hate mail from young children for many years. <laughs> and he doesn't get any more now because young children Aww. these days know that Pluto is no longer a planet. Pluto was named by a child, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Named by an 11 year old girl, Venetia. And I read such a nice interview with her, uh, which was about five years ago, I think, about how exciting it was that she'd named Pluto. And the interviewer kept on asking her why she'd named it Pluto. It was a NASA interview. The NASA interviewer said, uh, and you thought about it because of the Greek and Roman mythology about Pluto being the god of the underworld, yes? And she's like, no, no, I don't think it was as subtle as that. No, it was just a name I knew hadn't been used. Okay, but it was also because the first two letters, PL, have a connection with Percival Lowell. No, no, I certainly didn't realise that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Poor interviewers, give me something. She got she got five pounds for that. But they took that five pounds off her when they demoted it from a planet. Didn't they? <laughs> nope. <laughs> she said she was in her late eighties when it was demoted, and they they asked her about it at the time. She said, "At my age, I've been largely indifferent to the debate." <laughs> She's just saying that to hide all the hate mail she's been sending to Mike Brown, hasn't it? <laughs> um, so they're going to come up with a new name for this planet and they right. don't know what they're going to call it yet. So, the working um, name is George, isn't it? Oh, is it? No, but that's quite nice because we almost did have a planet called George. Yeah. Well, Uranus was called George. Well, it was called George and they said that's a ridiculous name. <laughs> and then they said, let's go with Uranus. And... <laughs> 
it was going to be named George after That's King George III, and then they said no. Why did they say no to King George III? Was I it after a living... All, all the other planets were named after Roman gods, and yeah. suddenly some dickhead king's gone, oh, name it after me. So Mike Brown and um, his friend Constantine Batigin, uh, who's the other person who's kind of found this one, uh, their working name for it is Planet Fatty. Okay. <laughs> they said that they're going to call it Planet Fatty because it's 1990 slang for something that's cool. But I went onto Urban Dictionary. <laughs> and fatty does not mean cool. <laughs> it means something that I really cannot say on this stage. <laughs> really? Yeah, something very rude indeed. Wow. Yeah. Fatty with a PH? Oh, yeah. So, James, you think another news story that's going to come up is that Pluto is going to be renamed a planet? Uh, I think it will do in the next couple of years, yeah. What? I think what will happen in the next couple of years is what? that... <laughs> I'm going to get what? a lot of hate mail for this. But... Yeah. <laughs> Give me a stamp. Um, but it's, I thought the thing was it's, it's so tiny and there are so many hundreds of yeah. other objects which so are the same size. So I think size. all the other hundreds will get cold planets as well. No way. That's my guess. You know. So much more memorising to do in year nine at school, yeah. isn't it going to be? <laughs> 2,000. Name all the planets. Well, how long have you got? I was um, um, reading about the current status of Pluto's current official name is asteroid number 134340, which is oh a long God. way to have fallen. Why, yeah. why did they call it that? Was it because it's <laughs> like an asteroid? Or? It's named after the ancient Greek god 134340. <laughs> Um, some, they, yeah. some of the names that they maybe um, some people have suggested names on Twitter and whatever for this new planet um, Minerva, Persephone, Nyx, who's the goddess of the night, is quite a good one. Um, some people have said Bowie uh, because of the timing of that. Uh, and the first person to suggest this one, which is my favourite, was at Ted Vogel underscore Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, and he thinks it should be called Pluto. <laughs> Very nice. That's a good name. That's very good. I think we should have more puns in the skies. So um, there's been other news this week, which has been really exciting in uh, in sort of NASA news, space news, uh, which is I, I saw an article about Scott Kelly, who's been up there now 300 days, and he was celebrating for 300 days of being in... <laughs> wait, no, you, sorry, wait. wait. No, right. <laughs> Do you mean he got up there and immediately started celebrating? I'm in space, guys. Well, you, actually, this, it's weird you guys bring that up. They now factor in allness. Uh, when astronauts go up. So Tim Peake, when he went out on his first ever EVA, when he went outside the ship, they didn't used to, they used to have a really tight schedule. Go straight here. They now factor in time because any astronaut who would go outside would find themselves just going, oh my God, I'm hanging in space. I'm looking at the planet Earth. And they never factored in time for that. So they've now given all time where you can just go, oh, and then, <laughs> and then get on with your work. So, so all time is now a thing. Wow. So, That's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, um, so he's up there. He's with this guy, Scott Kelly, who's been up there 300 days. And Scott Kelly made this clip to celebrate it by showing how you play ping pong in space. And what they do is they have these little bats that are built to move water. And so you, uh, it, this is just as a practical thing in space. And so what they do is they play ping pong using a droplet of water and you just hit a droplet of water over, and it heads that way, and then you hit it back. He was playing on his own. I don't think it's caught on as a game yet, <laughs> up in the ISS. But, while, so I was watching this video. It was really interesting, because he's playing, and he's talking about it, and I noticed, as I was watching it, that he's wearing a belt. And I'm like, why are you wearing a belt in space? <laughs> like, that's not, that's not going anywhere. So I, goog- I, I Googled it, and I, I, I was looking, why, why wear a belt in space? And it turns out you wear a belt in space to stop your trousers from falling up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to move on to our next fact in a second. Anyone got anything else before we do? 
Just one last thing on Mike Brown, the, uh, the astronomer oh, yeah. at the centre of all of this. Um, I just love the title of his 2010 book on the whole matter. It is How I Killed Pluto <laughs> and Why It Had It Coming. <laughs> Okay, it's time for our second fact of the show, and that is James Harkin. Okay, my fact this week is that the first use of the word snowmageddon came in the same press release as the first apology for the use of the word snowmageddon. <laughs> um, I, because of all the snow in America, I thought I'd see like the history of snowmageddon, and I found a use in 2008. It was a press release from the Canadian government, and they said about how it's snowmageddon, and then right at the end, in a very Canadian way, they say, we're sorry, we're not trying to like take the mickey and say that it's not very important. It is important. Sorry about snowmageddon. No, we're really sorry. Really sorry. <laughs> and then the snowmageddon was kind of not used that much for a couple of years, and then in two th- this was in 2008, and in 2010, they had a massive massive storm in um, Washington, D.C., and that's when Snowmageddon really took off. Right. And according to Wikipedia, there was a few other things. Snowzilla within a few hours of Snowmageddon. <laughs> and apparently that storm also popularized the term Kaiser Snowze. Ah, nice. <laughs> this latest storm, it's, it's uh, produced a thing, because uh, you guys, I'm sure, have seen all the enormous uh, snowfall in, on the east coast of America. It's been thunder snow is what's been produced. Oh, yeah, because Scott, Scott Kelly tweeted it. Scott Kelly, who is on the um, International Space Station, yeah. I think that was how we found out, or he very early on when it was happening, he oh. tweeted Thundersnow, and because he's obviously such a knowledgeable guy, he said, this is unbelievably rare, by the way, guys, and it's, it's even more rare that I'm seeing it from the <laughs> other side of it. Um, but yeah, it's super rare, isn't it, Thundersnow? Yeah. So it's where a storm, instead of producing rain, produces snow, because of the different way the air rubs together or something. <laughs> so... <laughs> Some nerdy bullshit that we're not gonna <laughs> give the time to. I think when a cloud produces snow instead of rain, it's usually just because it's cold. <laughs> you can blind me with all the meteorology you like, James. Um, I, I read today, I had no idea about this. So it, it snows on Mars. So it's not your classic snow. It's not your, like, it's not like snow, but they. they but what? they call it. Like it's kind of like something a snow. cold that falls from the yeah, sky. Yeah, exactly. And so the Mars rover uh, was looking up. Don't know why. It was just looking up, and it could see this snow coming down. And it was uh, having awe time. <laughs> <laughs> wow! 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 But so Mars has the craziest of atmospheres. There's there's spots in Mars in the same. This was the article that I was reading. It told me this that you if you stood in a certain spot of Mars, your feet could be 21 degrees, but your chest would be zero degrees. Yeah. That's how the difference between wow. down yeah, there it's to because up the here atmosphere, is. There's so little atmosphere. Here, to get out of the atmosphere, you have to go really, really high, but there, by, the, you know, by your chest, you wouldn't be in the atmosphere anymore. Wow. Yeah. So it'd be really, really cold. Actually, speaking of hot and cold, um, I was reading that. So, um, something that's happening uh, to go back to space news is the Kepler Space Telescope that was sent out a few years ago is due back or uh, back this year, I think. And so, that's uh, found tons of new planets. And one of the planets it's found is this planet called Gliese 581c. And the, what NASA says about that is uh, so it's tidally locked. So, that basically means that it doesn't really rotate. So, half of it is one half of it is scorching hot while the other half is constantly frozen, it is believed to be the best candidate for human expansion. 
um, so the, the current storms in America, um, there is a guy who's capitalising on them at the moment. He started it last year. It's uh, a business called shipsnoyo.com. Uh, he's called Kyle Waring, and you can buy snow in a box from him. And he sends it over, and he keeps it cool. So and guys, how does he make sure it doesn't melt? Uh, he packs it in... Poly- it's like an Ineski. He packs it in an Ineski, oh, right. yeah. So he sends it over. It, an so Ineski Sorry, is that's an Australian term. word for like a fridge. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> really? It's like if you're going to the beach and you're bringing some bottles and you're just going to go sit there and down some tinnies. It's that kind of thing. It's weird because when the Australian comes out in you, <laughs> it really comes out. Yeah. I'm an Aussie, by the way. I just don't sound it. So just, yeah. very, just quickly, following up on this, he offers, if by the time your, uh, your eskies arrived and your snow's melted, he offers you a refund and he'll send you a whole new batch of uh, snow. <laughs> There's also someone, Caplite, so quite a few people have made it, even though a lot of people are in serious trouble, a lot of people actually are quite comfortable and having a lot of fun with it. People are making bars out of the snow and, and serving drinks there. Yeah, they sold tons of extra booze, didn't they? As soon yeah. as they knew the storm was coming, they just like went to the shops and bought as much booze as they could possibly yeah, yeah. get. <laughs> and that someone on Airbnb put up an igloo that they've built uh, for $10 a night. You can rent the igloo. Uh, you've got to bring your own sleeping bag. Um, but it's suddenly, so since reading the article, it's been updated, the article, and it's now no longer on Airbnb. They're oh. not sure if it was banned or if it melted. It's one of the two. <laughs> um, um, so on naming storms, this storm doesn't need a name. And the Weather Channel, I think, is against the US Weather Channel. Sorry, why doesn't it need a name? Because, because you the... only name... So a snowstorm is not a finite thing. It's just, I think one meteorologist I was reading said, it's just an extension of normal weather. So something <laughs> like... Every, everything's just an extension of normal. There's no, no. supernatural weather, yeah. which... No, si- something like a cyclone has a very finite start and finish. You can oh, pick one exactly when yeah, where it started yeah, yeah. and exactly when it finished. Ah. Um, so they need names, uh, but storms uh, don't. But uh, the Weather Channel has announced the storm names for 2016, and they are things like Ajax. So there's going to be a storm called Ajax, oh. Kyla, uh, Quo, as in status, and <laughs> Zandor, Waylon, and Yolo. <laughs> storm Imagine Yolo. Imagine being killed by Storm Yolo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only die once. <laughs> Um, there's a paper in um, in Canada that came out this week that warned people against eating snow um, because apparently snow is really good at collecting uh, kind of bits from car exhausts or kind of bits of toxins from the air. Snow is really, really good at picking it up. And so if you kind of take a little bit of scoop of snow from the ground, like a lot of people do, and just kind of eat some of it. it <laughs> yeah, can like be- everyone does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's snowing. Tonight we eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The... Sa- <laughs> The South Korean government a few years ago made an explicit thing to people saying you must not eat yellow snow. There was an actual press release saying you must not eat yellow snow. And that's because they'd had this snow that had come which was yellow and it had like heavy minerals and stuff from some power stations. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. And so that's the one reason that you should never eat yellow snow. Yeah. <laughs> minerals from power stations. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to move on. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. I... Just before we end, I, I read one thing, which is a new theory that's erupted this week. Uh, penguins, they think, may... Uh, <laughs> I mean, th- there are so many qualifications in this already. <laughs> you, can, you can get away with saying anything at this yeah. point, though. <laughs> so penguins, they think... They think... Th- they <laughs> think... Think... May... <laughs> possibly... <laughs> 
When they're about to mate, they uh, will need a nice... <laughs> Wait, is this the they who think this? <laughs> no, this is the penguins. Oh, sorry. No, the penguins, if it's true, know it. It's us who think So they think that the penguins are like, oh, we need somewhere to have a good time. Why not here? But, oh, it's really, it's really cold and icy and snowy. So they'll poo on it, and then the poo melts the snow, and then they go, now that's where we have sex. Yeah. It's a new theory. It's true that they poo. I'll give you that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay, time for fact number three, and that is Andrew Hunter-Murray. Okay, my fact is that this week we have discovered the largest prime number ever. We would have discovered it in September, but the computer which found it forgot to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> So this, is a, this, this has happened. Um, so there's, there are computers all over the world looking for new prime numbers, and they, they're up to really enormous ones now, and they're very useful in encrypting stuff. Yeah, in they're computers. called GIMPs, GIMPs aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, something massive prime... The great internet, <laughs> Merzine, which I Merzine. think... Yeah, Merzine, Merzine Prime Search. Yeah, Mersenne. It's Mersenne Primes. So um, these are prime numbers named after a French guy called Mersenne. Yeah. Uh, and you can download a computer program onto your computer and it will look for these prime numbers. And if you find one, then you get like a hundred grand or something like that, a hundred thousand dollars. Um, and everyone, a lot of people have put it onto the computer, but the people who found it this week or, um, last year or whenever it was, um, they have so much computer processing power that they've managed to find loads of them. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think they found like four of the last five or something like that. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so the new one, uh, I'm going to read this out from here. The new number is five million digits longer than the previous largest one. It's two to the power of 74,207,281. All of that minus one. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, if, if you were, if you were going to write it out uh, and you could write ten digits in four seconds, this is a calculation by a New York Times correspondent, it would take you three months without slowing down. Yeah. And, it's got 22 yeah. million digits in it. Um, <laughs> like so... my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it starts 30037641. Stop me when you get bored. <laughs> stop, stop. And then it ends 007 And um, for people at home... So you've we just ha- given away the ending. There's yeah. no point in reading the middle now. <laughs> For people at home, we edited out the other 22 million that I just didn't say. Um, And you can download the actual number and get it on your computer and have a look through it, which I did. Oh, great. (laughs) Um, It contains my six-digit code to access my bank account. Oh, James, don't say that. People will know. (laughs) It contains it 21 times. (gasps) Wow. Uh, That's how big this number is. It contains my library number twice. Uh, and at one stage, it has eight sevens in a row. So I'm just giving you the edited highlights here. <laughs> I was watching an interview with uh, the guy who uh, discovered it, or rather, the guy who set the computer up that discovered it. And um, there was a moment that, like, this is amazing. This is a big new prime number. It's beyond any that we've had before. What can we do with it? And he was like, we have no idea. Literally nothing. It has no yeah. point. It has no purpose. Oh, well, they, 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 so most of them could be used for encrypting things on computers. Yeah. Unfortunately, this one is now such a global celebrity <laughs> that it will be noticed immediately by hackers. So if you have a team of several million digits The thing long, is, you, you get prime, you use prime numbers in encryption 
function by get, taking two prime numbers, multiplying them together, and then it's finding the factors of that secondary number. Now, if you have a number which has got 23, 24 million digits in, you know that one of them must be this number. So everyone knows that it must be this one, so it's really ah. easy to crack. So the only time this will be useful is when we get some even bigger numbers that we can use, which we will do one day. Yeah. Right. I like that um, I'd never heard prime numbers described like this, but they're the building blocks of maths, really. And they're the equivalent of atoms in science because prime numbers are, because nothing goes into them, everything else is a factor um, of uh, something else. So everything else can be split up, but you can't split up a prime number. I like that, the equivalent of an atom. And something else I didn't know about prime numbers, because you think that they're kind of so randomly distributed, if we've taken this long to work out what you know the pattern is, is that... All prime numbers, if you square them, are a multiple of 24 and then adding one. Now, you Apart just write the, that down. Not the really small ones. Not like the ones two under or three five. Or yeah. Five is. Yeah. Wait, Anything seven. over five. Seven is. Oh, God, are we going to go through them all? Uh, <laughs> Wait, 11 is, 13 is. 11 is. Uh, yeah, so they found this using the GIMPs, um, the software. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the weird thing. The weird thing about GIMPs is... Uh, if you go onto Google and type the word GIMPs into Google, all of the first five things that you get are about this prime number thing. Uh, the same is not true of Google Images. <laughs> Um, this is amazing. So cicadas, you know, there's that kind of cicada in North America, which only comes up to the surface and every breathes every, years. well, in it's every prime number of years. So in some places, it's every 13 years, in some places, it's every 17 years, in some oh, places, really? it's another prime number of years. And which sounds ridiculous, but uh, it was hypothesized in the article I read that that actually does make sense. Because if you come up in a prime number of years, you have the least chance of coinciding with predators, which also have like periodical patterns because so let's say you come up every eight years then if you're hunted by a panther that uh, appears every two years then they're going to bump into you a lot but if you're coming up every prime number of years then you're not going to bump into predators every prime oh. number of years do you think there's a cool? cicada that comes up every two to the 74 million <laughs> years and the only reason we haven't seen it is because you know you'd be pretty lucky to see that wouldn't you yeah i don't know what a cicada is uh, it's, it's a little insect okay like a cricket. Uh, yeah, like a cricket. Got it. Uh, cicada fact, there's only one cicada in the UK. Uh, one species of cicada. <laughs> oh, Not oh. just one lonely cicada. Lonesome Trevor. <laughs> there's only one species of cicada in the UK. It's called the New Forest Cicada. And we think they live in the New Forest, but they might have died out because no one's seen one for about 10 years. And you should be able to hear the call, but you can't really hear it because it's outside of human hearing range. But you can buy an app... And the app can hear the cicada call. And so you can walk around the new forest with your app listening for cicadas. And then if you find one, then you'll have discovered that they still exist. Wow. That'd be wow. cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't find any prime number stuff, but I started looking into numbers uh, oh, yeah. of the week. And there's a very famous set of this numbers There's going to be a now. long list now. <laughs> Six. Um... <laughs> No, there was, there was this week a set of numbers, which was, there was this massive lotto, uh, the big lottery draw that mm. went, and mm. there was a story about this lady who thinks she's won the lottery, has found the ticket that yeah. she's won with all the numbers, but the barcode is, is missing. She put it in the washing machine, didn't she? Yeah, she put it in the washing machine, it's missing. It's one of those things where you think that must be the worst situation, right? That you've won the lottery, 
and now you've not won it because you've lost the thing. And so I was looking into, is that genuinely the worst situation anyone's had in the lottery? <laughs> and I found a guy that I think contends. So oh, this really? guy, Yeah, this guy won the lottery. Okay. Okay, but this is what led up to him winning the lottery. His name is Franz Seller. He was born in Croatia. He was a teacher. He was born in 1929. In 1962, his train derailed and plunged into an icy river, and he managed to escape and not die. The next year, in 1963, while flying, the door blew out, and he got sucked out of the plane, <gasps> and he survived. Oh, God. It was all good. Ow. Three years later, 1966, he's riding on a bunge. That's uh, what? He's, <laughs> he's riding on a bunge. <laughs> it's Australia. It's an Australian term. I was riding along the bunge, mate. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't check that on Urban Dictionary when you get home. <laughs> so he's riding on a bus, and the bus suddenly... <laughs> the bus plunges into a river. That's... He gets out and survives. So this is 1962, 1963, 1966. 1970... Does, he, he must take no public transport by this point. <laughs> exactly. He's in his car. Oh, this... <laughs> He's in his car and it just blows up in flames. So he escapes and he's all right. So that's 1970. 1973, he's still weary of public transport. In his car, once again, another fire blows up in his car, loses all his hair, manages to make it out. There's a whole nice period between 1973 and 1995 when nothing happens. But he stayed at home. For the whole time. <laughs> but then he went out and got hit by a bus. So that's 1995. Then in 1996. 1996, he's back in his car. He drove, and another, either it was a truck or a car, is coming towards him. He swerves away. He manages to escape his car as it plunges over a cliff, lands in a tree, and then the car goes 300 feet down and breaks into an icy river. Uh, in 2003, he won the lotto. <laughs> One million. That's divine justice. That's amazing. <laughs> I think that's worse than losing your ticket and not winning. Um, there was a couple, there were two other very bad lottery stories. So uh, one couple, I think this was actually last year, uh, Edwina and David Nylon, who uh, had an app, a lotto app, and they got the right numbers and they sent them off in the app and they'd won £35 million and their app broke uh, and it failed. So they had the, the photographic evidence that they tried to send it on the app and it only sent it after the deadline because they ran out of signal. If so. only they hadn't been using their phone to search for cicada noises in the new forest. <laughs> Um, okay, let's move on to our final fact of the show, and that is Chazinski. Uh, yes, my fact is that in a press release about the new English language test for migrants, the British government misspelled the word language. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is wow. so that this has been a you know a big story over the last few weeks. Is the new test for migrants, and there's lots of controversy, and people who even if they're on spousal visas, if they fail these language tests, they might be made to leave the country and it turns out that people who are releasing the press release spell language with the A and the U the wrong way around. There was but a very snotty reply from the government. The Prime Minister's official spokesman said all of us are open to mistakes at times. The Prime Minister is fully confident that his team speak English competently. <laughs> <laughs> Touched a bit of a nerve. <laughs> 
Um, I went through, I basically haven't researched that much for this because I just went through trying to find the mistakes in all government bits of legislation over the last 50 years. No, I went, well, first of all, the Independent put together a list of 10 questions that are taken from the government's list of possible migrant language questions. Um, and here's the Independent's introduction to the questions. Listen to the sentence. The questions below have been taken from practice exams for the B1 test that those who need to prove their knowledge of the English language to gain their indefinite leave to remain... Full stop. Full stop. Whoa! Ooh, it's like a cliffhanger of a sentence. Full stop. And then, so one of the questions is, maybe I'm wrong about this, but um, it's multiple choice questions and it's a complete the end of this sentence. So one of them is, have you finished with the newspaper? And it's A, B, C, D, and the options are... Wait, 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 wait. Is this yes. to, gain, to no. gain citizenship? Yeah, 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 to gain citizenship. You have to say whether you've finished with the newspaper. <laughs> Only criteria. Just give the freaking newspaper back. You can come in the country. <laughs> no, it's have you finished with the newspaper? And then it's what is the grammatically correct ending to the sentence? Oh, have you finished okay. with the newspaper now, still, yet, or already? Now, the answer they want, and I did the test, yet is the answer they want. Okay. Already is completely correct. Yeah, if you want to be really passive aggressive about it. Yeah, you could say, oh, you finished with that newspaper already? Well, yeah, but you no, 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 it's not that. You, it's you, not that. It's the opposite of that. It's So they want you to fall into the trap of the American, you know, have you finished with the newspaper already? But you could also just ask the valid question, have you finished with the newspaper already? As in, have you read it that fast? Have oh. you finished with the newspaper already? Oh, you could, also, correct. you could also passive aggressively say, well, have you finished with the newspaper now? <laughs> and what could be more British than that? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my wife, who's Russian, she uh, will have to take these tests quite soon. Uh, and she was trying out some um, questions from the citizenship test, which is like a general knowledge test. And um, she tried them out on me, and literally I got none of them right. Really? Yeah. And my general knowledge is not bad. It's all right. I brought along one to test you, because I think your general knowledge is quite good. Okay. Well, one of the ones that she was asked in the practice test was, what is a national dish of Wales? Oh, coal. 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 Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, you might think that. According to the oh, government. Well, we well, exactly. But according to the government, it's Welsh cakes. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The Home Office will be sending a van. <laughs> Oh Welsh cakes. Yeah, Who apparently Welsh cakes. But the um, the other thing is, um, if I want to become a citizen of Russia, I would have to take a Russian language test. And the Russian language test um, has all the normal things that you would expect. But you also have to be able to interpret hidden meanings. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds cool. That's cool. Tough, <laughs> You know, um, Bill Bryson released a new book, uh, The Road to Little Dribbling, and it's all in okay. the beginning. He talks about taking a test to become a British citizen. He decided to become it. And uh, he was saying that not only are there mistakes in the test, but in the books that guide you into how to take the test are just completely filled with mistakes. One that he pointed out was they were talking about Anthony Hopkins and saying that he's someone to be proud of as a British person. He's someone to be proud of. They spelled his name wrong. <laughs> And also, he's taken up American citizenship. He's not British anymore. <laughs> Tina, uh, Tina Turner is Swiss now. Is she? she? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 
So I was looking into the news uh, for other language mess-ups over the last week, and I found one that happened in Sweden. Uh, they were having at their parliament a political debate about uh, very serious issues, actually. It was like a really long debate. They made a mistake, though, of when they transmitted it, they put the wrong subtitles onto the, uh, the debate. So you had guys like uh, Jean Borglund, who's the Minister of Education, looking really serious, saying something really serious, but the <laughs> subtitles reading, I will build the best sandcastle in the galaxy. <laughs> I vote for him. <laughs> and then you had Stefan Lofven, the Prime Minister, the Prime Minister going, the latest invention, the fantastic dinosaur submarine. <laughs> and then the Minister for Environment going, greetings, Earth creatures. I have two pairs of boots, one red pair and one yellow pair. Which ones should I take? I'm going to ask my dolls. <laughs> the whole thing. I don't know where they got those original subtitles from. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a cartoon animation. Oh, it sounds great. Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, you know that uh, Godzilla has just been awarded Japanese citizenship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it was done as a press, uh, sort of press PR stunt, obviously. But uh, it was a, in a particular district of Tokyo that he got it, uh, Shinjuku, uh, which is a very cool, extremely busy one. I think that's it's very near the famous crossing in Tokyo, Shibuya Crossing. But they released the certificate which they'd done, and it said, previous visits to Shinjuku Ward, three... Godzilla, 1984, Godzilla <laughs> versus King Ghidorah, 1991, and Godzilla Millennium, 1999. That's right. good. Yeah. Very good. Um, uh, we're going to have to wrap up in a sec. So, yeah, anything you want to... Just, you know, to get South Korean citizenship, uh, the test requires you to sing the first four verses of the national anthem. Sing it in tune. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a tough gig, isn't yeah. it? And the um, Dutch uh, citizenship, you have to watch a video that includes beach nudity. What? Where, where's the form? <laughs> Um, do you know what? I'll do it even if they don't give me Dutch citizenship. <laughs> it's what because they're to... such a liberal country, they want to show you what to expect if you come to the Netherlands. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, if people come from other countries that are a bit more conservative, they might turn up into the Netherlands and think, wow, what's going on here? Beach nudity. <laughs> um, so they want to show it so that you're not shocked when you see it in real life. So can you fail... Oh. That is it like if you get an erection or you <laughs> or you cry then you or both or both yeah. <laughs> feelings are confusing Anna <laughs> okay that's it no no contact with any of us about the things we've said over the course of this podcast we can be found on our Twitter accounts I'm on at Schreiberland James at Eggshapes Andy at Andrew Hunter M Chazinski you can email podcast.qi.com yeah or you can go to at QI podcast or go to our site no such thing as a fish.com we've got all of our previous episodes up there we're going to be back again next week thank you so much for being here guys uh, we'll see you then goodbye <laughs>